0: Hey, I'm Brett Gornick. I'm Jason Lobig. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. As Nike trainers, international retreat leaders, and wellness advisors, we help people from all different backgrounds push towards their potential, get healthy, and change the world. This podcast is about teaching others to actively pursue their entrepreneurial dreams, similar to how we pursued ours, and how to get and stay healthy doing it. We didn't start our careers in training and wellness. Jason worked in public accounting, and I, Brett, worked in corporate retail until starting our dream experiential wellness business, Live Better. What started as an idea for a protein bar led us down a path to build what Live Better is now, which performs everything from personal training and corporate wellness to international wellness retreats and yoga and meditation for kids. We are here to encourage you to follow your dreams while holding you accountable. It's not easy, it's not always simple, but it is possible. Let's make today the best day ever. Hey everybody, welcome back to part three of this four-part series. This is your co-host, Brett Gornick, and this is a little series just about me. So I've had two episodes come out already. The first one was from my first memory up until the end of college. They're kind of blending together. The second one was college, uh, end of college through my early career, and this idea of starting something different, of doing something new. This one is going to be the foundation, This is the beginning, the ethos of um, live better, of that transformation in my life uh, up until right around present day, and then I'm going to do one more that's going to be kind of where we're at now, what's going on, and where we're trying to go to. So if you haven't listened to the first two episodes, that's fine. Uh, you can kind of listen to these each on their own or all of them together. So let's take it from the end of the last episode to here. So in the last, end of the last episode, I started talking about how I started personal training uh, while I was in Milwaukee, ended up moving to Chicago, start working for Walgreens Corporate, which was definitely not for me. Um, and it was, a, it was a very interesting environment. And so let's take it from there. So I'm back, at, uh, back in, in living at home and commuting back and forth, started reading, started invigorating myself and actually while I was still living at home, um, I was out at a party and saw Jason. Uh Jason is the other half of the squad at Live Better and um I start talking to him and, you know, like I had mentioned in one of my earlier episodes, Jason and I were friends friends in college. His uh, girlfriend at the time, wife now, went to the University of Illinois with me. We became friends. I became friends with Jason. He was visiting a bunch from Miami of Ohio and we had just become acquaintances. I mean, nothing more than that at all. Um, you know, we would we'd hang out, we would party together and that was pretty much the extent of our relationship. And so I see him out at, at a party and I walk over to him, hey, Jay, like haven't seen him in, I mean, at that point, I probably hadn't seen or spoken to him in three years. Um, he was working at a big four accounting firm in the city. Um, and so it was a Saturday. And I remember walking up to him, you know, expecting the, the hey, I haven't seen you in three years, what's going on? And of course, there was that. But there was also this like bags under his eyes and uh, just not the exuberance I was used to from the... The craziness that had ensued before. And so uh, I was like, Hey man, like what, what's going on? And he's like, Oh, I got to go into work tomorrow. I was like, work. I'm like, it's the weekend. Um, and you know, at my job, I was definitely working a lot of hours, but I had kind of that, you know, separation from week to weekend. Um, and so he was in busy season and I had not really known too much about what that was yet. And the more and more I train people that are in accounting or in finance or in anything, I start to know more and more about these seasons, which are busy for arbitrary reasons. Um, And so essentially he had to go work on a Sunday. He had worked all day Saturday. You know, you're on these benders where you're working 10, 12 hours a day, every single day. I mean, hundreds of hours a month, a hundred hour work week, like crazy stuff. And so we start chatting and, and, you know, I don't remember the, like the true ins and outs of the conversation, but I do remember I had started training and I had also started formulating a protein bar, which I'm going to zoom back on in a second and talk about that and talk about that journey. And so I said, Hey man, like I, for some reason, I don't know what sparked it, but I was like, dude, let's go, let's go out to lunch or go out to dinner next week um, after I'm done working. And, I'll uh, sit down. I have some ideas. Like, I, I don't know why, but like, we started talking about training and how he was working out a lot and how he's like, yeah, I want to start training. I was like, oh, well, I actually got my training certification and I'm starting doing this. So um, we end up scheduling that. So zoom back a little bit here. And when I started uh, to come back home um, from Milwaukee, I had been very much dialed in on nutrition. That was like kind of where things were going. Like a bunch of my tweets and stuff at the beginning were about drinking water and about superfoods. So the Nutribullet, which was kind of my catalyst, uh, had these superfood packets. And so I remember because I was working at Kohl's at the time, they sold them. So I could get them with like my employee discount with Kohl's cash with 30% off for like four or $5 a bag. And they were like 40 bucks. So I remember like getting these superfood boosting things. And we're talking things like maca, uh, ashwagandha, goji berry, um, hemp seed, Uh, chia seed and all these things. And I was like, Oh, man, this is cool. And I'd start to read more about it. And I'd start to learn more about it. I was like, Oh, these are like foundational foods for your wellness. This is much more than just like a a protein powder or a supplement or something like that. And so I started to eat them, I started to put them in my smoothies, I started to make a smoothie every single morning. Um, And at this point, you know, I was still eating like so much food. So I'd eat like I'd have like toast in the morning. And then eventually I went to gluten-free toast. Like there was this progression. I'd have a shitload of eggs. I would put a bunch of vegetables in there. I'd make a smoothie with like protein powder with that. So like I was eating probably at breakfast almost more than I eat now, uh, in a full day in regards to caloric intake. Um, but again, I was also working out all day too after work. So it made sense. So I start dialing in this nutrition stuff, and I am start thinking like, okay, like what's healthy? What is this going to be? And I'm like, it's got to be more than just working out because like working out is a piece of the puzzle. So I was like, for some reason, I was like starting to like, man, there's like not really any good protein bars out here. Like I start learning about all these additives and all these ingredients and all these preservatives and these gums and all this shit. And I'm like, every bar has this in there or has a ridiculous amount of sugar And the more I'm learning, I'm like, this sugar content's crazy. Like, these protein bars have 20 grams of protein, but they also have 30 grams of sugar. And I'm like, that's why it tastes like cake, uh, and that can't be good for you. So my mind goes to, "Let's, let's solve this part of the equation. So I just start formulating. I start looking at different ingredients. I'm like, what sweeteners can be used that don't have a high glycemic index? What does that even mean? Um, what protein powders are out there that are good, what nuts and seeds are good for us, what's vegan, what's organic, what's non GMO, um, what are preservatives? And so I'm like starting to look at all this stuff. I'm like, okay, there's nothing out there that has this this high quality. There was one bar that I think that was called like the organic bar that tasted just like ass. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna start doing this. So I start making these small batches of these bars and I start formulating these different ingredients and I keep this journal which I love, um, this is just a shameless plug here. I don't even know if they have like an actual company, but it's called the one line of day journal. And I've been keeping that since 2014. So it's been a long, a long time. Um, and, uh, every year there's a page. So like the page would say whatever the date is, and it would be you write in the year. So 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, it's five years long. Um, I'm on year eight of that right now, which is really cool to, to see the, uh, the journey that has ensued over those years and a lot of my inputs were oh i made a batch of bars and they tasted great i made a batch of bars i added this ingredient didn't taste good so i was trying to hit different numbers from a from a calorie and protein perspective while keeping the, the product gluten-free dairy-free soy-free vegan 100 percent organic uh, and low glycemic index so i ended up formulating this one that was really damn good Um, and mind you, I'm still working my corporate job. I'm still trying to like figure out life. I've got a long distance relationship, like all these different things that were happening. And I was a total noob. So I remember one thing that I did, which was really cool. was like, I was like, I want to start a business. How does this even happen? So I set up a meeting with, um, again, I went to Lion's Soundship High School. I set up a meeting with the LaGrange, like board. I don't even know what that is. (laughs) I was like, I want to start a business. I want to talk to you about what does this take? So I went in there, I had my, this whole plan and everything. And I talked to them like, like, what does it take to start a business in this town? And like, what does it mean? And they were like, okay, well, you can do this, this, and this. Like, this is what it takes. Like, this is what it would be to have a storefront. You're going to need a commercial kitchen to produce that product. Like they were so nice. Um, And this was just like out of their goodwill to talk to me. It was me and like four people. I remember there was an intern in the meeting. um, And I was just like asking like, what does it take to start a business in this town? And so they went through everything that I would have needed to do. So I started. Um, I remember the first thing I had to do was get a certification to be able to even start to produce. You had to get a uh, certification that anybody that runs a, a business that is in food has to get. It's like, it's actually very surprising. Um, you had to, I had to go to a two-day, all-day workshop, essentially, and then you had to take a test on food safety. One of the things that spurred from that, which is a complete side note, is that to pass that exam... It was very scary how little knowledge you needed, and it's also very scary what the standard is for food production, which makes me very cautious on where I'm eating and what I'm eating. Uh, If you knew that you could literally break the food code like four times before you actually get disbanded, um, be very wary of where you eat. Make sure that the people that you are eating, the restaurants you're eating from, like you know that they're actually like clean and sanitary because... It was quite insane what you can get away with. So I got that certification. I remember that, like I was getting that certification and this was like, kind of like, now I'm like intermixing memories. I had already talked to Jason at this point. Um, and I was like, had a bunch of other stuff I had to do that weekend. And it was just like, you know, these are just like the funny things you think, like you just did it. Like you're just doing random shit that's leading in the right direction. We'll get to the alchemist in a a minute. Um, but So things just started. I just started doing things. I was like, I want to build something. I just need to start doing it again. I had no entrepreneurial experience. I had no entrepreneur classes. I had no entrepreneur friends. I had no entrepreneur uh, kind of lineage in my family. Like I just was like, I know that you have to do this. So I'm just going to start. So this protein bar started, kind of started what Live Better was. And so Jason and I then Zoom kind of mid back there. We have our conversation. So I already had this bar, I was already a certified trainer, um, and Jason and I had this conversation, so I'm still living at home. That conversation was at the Life Kitchen in River North um, in in Chicago, um, which is underneath where uh, Jason lived at the time. So we have a conversation, which we think is going to be just a casual dinner at 6 o'clock, and we are there until the place closes at 10. I take the last train home from, from Chicago. And that was six years ago. And so essentially every single day since we've met and we've talked and we had ideas. So during that time, I was at Walgreens. I was working at home. Or I was living at home. And so I'm commuting back and forth. So I'm starting to dial in more and more. Jason introduced me to Tim Ferriss. So I start listening to his podcast. I start reading his books um, I start thinking more and more about like, oh, this is a thing. This is like, this is how businesses are formed. Um, Jason and I start coming up with ideas. We're like, what is this business going to be? Well, we have this protein bar. Cool. Jason gets his training certification. He starts to say, oh, I'm going to be a trainer too. Um, in the midst of that, I, uh, I move to Chicago. So I say, okay, I have to commit to being in the city. Um, throughout that commuting grind, my day was essentially... I would do one of a few things. I would either, in the beginning of that, um, I would come home because my uh, best friend was living at home as well in between jobs. So I would come home, we would go work out for a long time, again, an hour or two. Uh, We'd either eat dinner together or we'd go to Chipotle or uh, or I'd start making protein bars and then I'd go to bed and start again. So it was very much that, like commute, workout, like that was always a staple. At this point, I'm starting to think like this working out thing is more important. The boozing starts to pretty much just end. Um, And once Sarah graduated, um, because she was no longer in the college atmosphere, she, you know, her and I, our relationship has been great because. She's not a she's not a very big drinker at all. Uh, neither of us actually drink right now at all. Um, yes, there is reason because she's currently pregnant, but also uh, pre pre to that, and we're going to get into that a little bit later in this episode. And so um, we like our relationship is starting to get a lot stronger. Um, you know, she's finishing up school. She gets a job in Chicago. All of these things start to happen and start to like start to move and mesh together. Now, the one thing is, is that looking back on things, you just see the highlights. You just see like, um, I started training clients. I started a business. I quit my job, but like these little incremental things, like the reading on the train, the podcasts, the meetings, that's what makes this happen. So Jason and I, um, start to really start to really Form a a solid, like working relationship. We're like, we're going to do this. So he gets his training certification. I move into Chicago. I was like, let's start doing this. So we're literally working, and every minute of free time, we are on Google chat. So, Google, thank you for that. We Google, I was trying to go back and see if I could look at our, our past conversations, and I couldn't, but we were on Google chat all day because you know your email was up so it looked legitimate to be on there and we're just chatting like let's try this let's do this let's talk to this person let's think about this we need a logo so I remember we spent so much time trying to figure out our logo and our name so we're throwing out all these ideas actually Sarah was the one that came up with live better because we're like we want all these different things it's more than just this bar that we're formulating it's more than just training it's this whole lifestyle that ensues to do what you want to do in life better So Live Better is kind of formed. Um, We start thinking about the logo. We were like, it's got to be something that's like rooted. So we think of a tree. We look up all these trees. We go on all these different websites to try to find different designers. Jason is a pretty good uh, craftsman with a pen. So he starts throwing out all these ideas. So the the idea starts to formulate. We then kind of take a semi-idea and we send it to my uh, one of my mom's best friends, who was an independent art teacher, who taught me art as a kid, uh, Mrs. Klein. Thank you. She, we send her this idea. She comes back and boom, the logo has been created. Now that process took us like eight months. So like you think about, you know, just the idea there. It's like. That is so important. And like, did we spend too much time making the logo? Maybe. Who knows? But we did it. Like, that was like, you need that. You need this brand cohesiveness. So we do that. Um, In the midst of that, in the midst of the protein bar, other things start happening. So, I start training. My first ever independent client was my wife's best friend, Gabby. So Gabby, thank you. Um, and I was charging her like $35, 40 an hour. So it was like very little money uh, for compared to what we charge now and how we train people now. But it was awesome. I was training her out of my apartment gym. Uh, I'd see her two days a week. We worked out. It was awesome. So I start training people again, like that was huge. Um, Jason ends up finding a, uh, another person um, who his, again, girlfriend at the time, wife now was like kind of like sharing an office space with because she was working for like a like an independent um, advertiser. And so this other guy starts mentoring us. He is um, he ends up uh, like giving us a contact with Nike which ends up being how that relationship started, which I'll, we'll talk about another in, in a second as well. So like all of these things are just like starting to happen. So mind you, I'm just moving into the city. Uh, my wife is just starting her job. She, she's still living at home. Uh, we are not even engaged yet. And I'm starting a business and on the side of everything, um, this is all can just kind of like happening. And so like I realized that my biggest and most important thing is my time. So time was more valuable than anything. And so I started to realize very quickly that I was not going to stay at my job and I wanted to build something more. So I realized, okay, I'm going to perform at the highest level possible at work, but I'm not going to kind of take on extra stuff. So I don't care about a promotion, I obviously was not like lacking or slacking, but I was also able to systematize a lot of stuff kind of behind the scenes. So projects or anything that would come in that I would definitely like would take the average person four or five hours. I could, because of my Excel skills, because of all these things I had sharpened, I could finish in literally 15 minutes. So what I would do was then with that extra couple hours, um, I would craft a little better stuff. I would think about uh, opportunities. I would post stuff on Instagram. I would realize how important Instagram was. And it was like trying to get my followers up and think about content and all of that and how to interact with people on that platform. And, you know, all of these different things, which looking back on, like if I would have had strategic direction at that point, um, but you just don't, you're just like in the grind. Like you can always look back and say, oh my gosh, I could have done this, this, and this, and got my followers up to a million and all that. But it's like, you didn't know, you just were doing everything. I was so focused on the people I was serving and I started to get more training clients. And so I found a couple ways of doing that. I was found a couple websites that I could post my, my resume on that people would hit you up. And so that was huge. I started to get clients, like a bunch of people. I probably got like four or five clients Um, in the matter of a month. And I was like, oh man, like, this is like now a thing. Like I'm training this person three times. I'm training this person twice. I'm training this person twice. This person twice. That's an extra 10, 12 hours of work a week. Um, And then I'll never forget. uh, I got to this point where I had, it was a tipping point. I was training a client 5am, 6am, 7am, getting home, getting ready for work, uh, going to work, training a client at noon, going back to work, training a client at like six or seven or eight at night every day. And I did that for about two years. So you think about those work weeks, it's like I'm getting home at nine, I'm waking up at four. Um, That's not conducive to, to a, a lot of things other than just fucking grinding. So that's what the, that's what it took. It took me doing that for two years to realize that I had this in me. What was really nice about that was that the financial overlap overlap was great, um, I still wasn't charging an astronomical amount of money, but I was doing good enough that I realized like, okay, like this is a legit thing. Like if I can actually quit my job, I can make more money training than I am at my job, which I was making, you know, a little bit under six figures at. So it was like, it was, it was good. I was doing great. Um, and I started, started hamming. So in the midst of all that, um, I started to uh, work with Nike. So Jason and I get introduced to Nike through our uh, through Jason's mentor at the time. Um, and you know, interesting thing with that with that relationship was that mentor relationship ended up actually like going very south. So this is one other thing to realize is that um, not everything you do works. Not everything you do is fruitful um, to an extent. This relationship ended up being huge for us, but it was also really tough. So this mentor that Jason had met ended up becoming very, uh, very negative, and a lot of things uh, ensued that were that went south with that relationship. It's it's one of those things to like understand like when you're starting a business or doing anything, you know, you have to make sure that your ducks are in a row, and you have to make sure that people that you're working with, whether that's a person or a brand or a product or a company or anything, if you're going to tie your name to them, you need to make sure that like you're getting into bed with that person. Um, and so, you know, you've got two sides to that coin. Like Jason and I's relationship has been incredible. We've never had, you know, we've had our, our ideas that differed, but like we're in this on the grind and like that's never a worry. But the relationship with... With this other trainer at the time, definitely turned south. He started to do some shady things, and it was really tough. And so that's just important to realize, like that stuff happens too. So like along this journey, where you're gaining all this momentum and all these good things happen, there will be things that draw you back, that that are tough. Um, that you realize that you made a mistake, um, or you could have done better. And that is life. Like that is the business life. It's just like. You, you get knocked down seven times, you got to get up eight, nine, 10. Like this is not something that's easy. This is dedication. This is more so like you think you're working hard and then you get smacked in the face. Like you got to work even harder. It's like a, it's like a UFC fight. Um, and it happens. So we get introduced to Nike we get brought on, we're in I don't even know if the Nike people know this, but we go into this meeting. Um and I'll never forget the squad that's there. I'm talking like Jason, Bjack, Carson, Nate, um, Gina, like all these people are in this meeting. Um, Kate, like everybody's in this meeting, we're sitting there, and I'm looking around and I'm being like, Oh man, I train like three clients. Uh and we were brought in because that mentor at the time was like, Oh, can I bring these guys in? Sure. So we, get, we sit down in this meeting and essentially it's like, we're Nike, like this is it, uh, let's get started. So they built this warehouse in the West Loop and uh, a little further west than that and it was unreal. It was like a million dollar bill. This place was lit. We had like Bo Jackson come in, Scotty Pippen, Anthony Rizzo. We were doing workouts three to four days a week. Um, these unreal workouts where people were coming in anybody could come in we train them jason uh the other jason jason rayner who has turned out to be like jason lobig and i is like best mentor in training because he actually crushes it and he's just such a genuine guy so um we start working and um we start going. So like, we're training people, like people are coming in, my friends are coming in, like it was free to come, you get workout gear. I mean, this shit was lit as hell. Um, and so we start doing this stuff, things start popping off, I start getting more clients, um, business starts going, like we're doing it, the protein bar is becoming a thing, people start buying it, like, you know, we're moving, we're moving and things are going ham. Um, then that project kind of dies down. Jason Lobig and I, have a really good relationship with the other Jason. That other Jason starts taking over training at the JW Marriott, which is right down the street from my apartment. Um, They start running classes out of there. So I start teaching yoga there five days a week every morning at 6am. So that class starts happening. Um, That spurs to more work. uh, More Nike stuff is happening at the time. Um, And in the midst of this, I'm still working my full-time job. So this is like all this craziness is happening. And then the question I get is like, what was the tipping point? And so now my, uh, Sarah at the time had moved into my first apartment in the city. So we start living together. Um, and then we end up moving just a couple blocks away. Still, we live, uh, we still live downtown in the loop. Um, and we moved down, we move a couple blocks away to a super nice, just like really cool apartment. Um, and this is where a couple things, like a couple tough things happen. And these are some like pivotal moments. So things are just going great. Um, and two things happen that that get to be really tough. First thing is, is that in my first apartment, I could bring clients into my building and train them in my gym, just like you'd bring a guest in. So I had people coming in all day long in the mornings at nights. I would train them. They would, they would leave. It was great. So I go to my second apartment and... Um, I have a client come in in the morning, we train, that happens for a couple weeks, and then I get an email, "Hey, you cannot bring people in to this gym to train them." I'm like, "What? That's my business." Again, I'm still working at at Walgreens at the time. I'm like, "Well, this is this is how I this is how I run my business. Like, what am I going to do?" So, you know, luckily some of my clients had gyms in their apartments. So this goes from me seeing a client at 678 to me now seeing a client or, or 5, 6, 7 or whatever it was in the morning to have to add in commuting times to all of this. So now I'm you know, seeing a client at 5.45 instead of 6. Then I'm commuting and I'm divvying. So divvy like you are my all-star here. These are these share bikes throughout the city. And I'm always drinking. So today I'm just drinking an a unreal... Uh, Mountain Valley Spring Water, if you drink water, drink Mountain Valley Spring Water. It's the only water that's, like, actually pure in the world. Um, they don't sponsor me. So um, I am now divvying. So now I'm adding 15 minutes in between each person. So, like, now you're thinking about, like, time and, like, all this other stuff. And um, some clients I couldn't do that. So I end up able to, to trade clients at... Um, at the Marriott, but then I had to pay a fee to train them there, or they had to become a member, so, like, now money is going down. So, like, it just was, like, a reorganization, um, and it, that stuff happens a lot in this field. And the second thing that happens was in the matter of uh, about six weeks, three of my clients who I was seeing three days a week, and at this point I'm charging 100 125 a session, um moved to New York. Crazy. One moves out there cause him and his spouse wanted to start a family and that's where the family was from. Um, they actually had a, had a kid before they moved. One guy was, um, had been splitting time between Chicago and, and New York and was like, I, I you know, I'm pretty much want to go back. One other guy. Um, and these were like, you know, you know, just some of my favorite people and clients ever. Uh, and you guys know who you are. Chris, Nick, and uh, Randy, you guys were you guys are the homies, um, and so the other guy was from New York. and wanted to go back, so now I'm going. That's nine sessions a week gone. My some of my higher paying clients gone uh, in the matter of six weeks. In the ma- in the midst of me wanting to quit my job and uh, and it's just like crazy. Um, and so actually take that back. This that happened like right after I quit my job. So uh, I, I had already quit my job when that happened. We'll, we'll circle back to quitting the job. Now that I think about it, that happened right after I'd already quit. So it's like, you know, it's crazy how this stuff happens. Um, and I just look back at the resiliency and the dedication to the why. and I think that that's the most important thing on any journey that you embark on is if you actually have a why behind it. And my why is to, to influence and help people to actually do what they want to do with their lives, understanding that health is, is the cornerstone to that. And so I just went back to the grind. I remember I made flyers, newsletters. I would sit in apartment building um, lobbies and hand out flyers until I got my business back up. And I was like, okay, once I got a couple more clients back under me, things started to be okay. But it, you know, it's definitely an ebb and flow in this business. Uh, with COVID hitting, with all these things now, like My business has swung from training 40 hours a week to six to 20 to three to 40. Like, it's crazy how this stuff has swung around. So let's circle back here. Um, I move in with with my girlfriend. We move into our spot. um, And we really start, start, like, getting serious. And she's supporting me across this whole journey. I'm barely ever home. Um, and she's working and, you know, we're, we're going. And, you know, that was a grind. That was such a grind period of, of my life for those couple of years. But I loved it. Um, other ideas start spurring. So Jason and I start thinking bigger. We're like, what can we do? How can we start influencing people more? Throughout this entire thing, I am just reaching out to people. Like that is one of my favorite things to do. I'm like, hey, I'm starting this protein bar. I'm starting this wellness company. I see that you've started a wellness business. How did you start These conversations start happening, and that's how this podcast initiated. We're having these unreal conversations with these people. They're giving us their time. I was like, these need to be recorded. So in the midst of all of this, the podcast begins we start recording, we start having these conversations, we start figuring out how do you even post it? What's Libsyn? What's the podcasting? What's a, how do you integrate this? What's iTunes? Like you just start doing it. What's Squarespace? How do we host this on a website? Um, do we have money for this stuff? How do you invest in your own business? I'm investing in a 401k thinking that's the only thing to invest in. Um, realizing that when you invest in yourself, there's way bigger returns than what you can get in the markets. Um, And so we are, um, all this stuff is converging. We're literally recording the podcast out of my closet at my apartment because it is soundproof ish. I'll never forget, we're recording a podcast with Abel James, one of our earliest episodes at Jason's. And we're in the middle of a podcast, we're in the closet. And this is just funny how this stuff starts. Uh, we're on the microphone that my wife's dad had got us for Christmas, which is still the microphone that we use today, which is the one I'm, I'm recording on right now. And like an ambulance goes by. And nothing that would be picked up on the mic, but it just spurs an outrageous amount of laughter to the point where I literally am going to pee my pants. And we're like holding in this laughter. Abel's going nuts. And we're, I run out of the room, Jason's on the floor laughing. And then we, we, we bring it back together. We're able to ask the next question and keep going. It's like, you know, those memories are just crazy. Like, it's just so funny to think about all the little things you have to do to make it happen. So in the midst of that, um, we start doing that. Um, the protein bar starts to kind of fizzle away because we wanted to be more interface with people. Um, and to start a protein bar, you need some capital. So I was going out to this production plant out in the suburbs to help with the production of our bar. Um, and it was just very, it would be very costly. And, And at that point I had no idea what it was to raise capital or anything or do that or get investors totally could have done that. Um, one side note was the first business meeting I ever had about the protein bar was with Peter, the founder of RX bar, um, which they sold for a hefty, you know, couple hundred million dollars. So maybe if we would have stayed down that route, life would have been a little different, but you can't look back at that. I had no idea what it took to, to raise capital. I had no idea that was even a thing. Um, and so it was just, it was just cool. There was just like all these different things happening. A couple other random things that happened during that time was Jason and I started a, uh, an outdoor workout series called exposure. And we started it Saturday mornings. Uh, it was a donation based class. So you just donated whatever you wanted to come. And every week we had it sponsored or we sponsored a different, uh, charitable organization. And we did that for one summer. And by the end of that summer, we'd have like 40 or 50 people coming to our events um, and this is another interesting pivotal moment, um, where things, you know, you get caught up in things. And I think that where money started to, to play an equation, which you need, um, was that over that winter time, I, I was building up a lot more clients and because I was still working, um, I would put a decent amount of those clients on a Saturday. So I have clients, you know, 7, 8, 9 10, 11, 12 on a Saturday. And so, you know, exposure kind of ended because we were both training clients on the weekend and and, and money was coming in. And it's one of those things where you look back and you're like, man, if that would have stayed, if we would have kept doing that, that could have built to something bigger. And you have all of these things you can look back on and it's about, you know, it's about looking back and understanding, but it's also about moving forward. So in the midst of all this, we start thinking about more ideas. We're like, what can we do bigger than this? How can we uh, How can we do something more? We want to create freedom for ourselves. We want to be able to travel. We love to travel. We love doing all this stuff. And um, so the retreat was born. Uh, We were like, that's the perfect thing. Like, there is yoga retreats. There's like... uh, there's retreats that are um, much more uh, detox oriented, but there's not really like this like invigorating wellness focused like let's change our lives, let's quit our jobs, let's get a new let's get a new job, let's get in or out of a relationship, like let's go. Um, and so we wanted to do that, so that idea started to formulate. In the midst of this, Jason and I had become members at Soho House in Chicago. And met up with a couple other kind of early entrepreneurs, one of which is Leo, who started uh, Mugsy Jeans, which is currently hamming. Uh, another buddy, Cole, who has started a really cool career in writing and ghostwriting and um, a bunch of other awesome endeavors in regards to writing. He like, gets millions of views on Medium. Um, and so we're, we're doing that, and we're going to Soho at night or on the weekends, and we would call them Soho Ham Sessions. And we would go... To Soho, and we would meet with people, and we would talk, and we just started. We just started going. So um, all this is going great, and it's time to quit. So Jason had already quit his job. He quit about six months before me. He set a date, um, and he was out on a trip with his cousin Pam in Colorado, and they said you have to quit by your birthday. So he does it. He quits his job, and then I. Needed a little bit more time um, to fiscally be ready, emotionally be ready, and um, within my relationship with Sarah, be ready. So I have conversations. I remember having conversations with my parents, with friends. It was a lot of like, "Are you sure? Are you ready?" Um, none of that was in a negative way, but it was definitely deterring. Like, "Am I sure? Like, I don't. I think so. I. I, I hope so. This is. I'm making. Uh, you know." 70 80 90 grand from training like I think that's good enough I don't know like but then people are falling off like I mentioned (laughs) like all this stuff so I was just like yes I am ready I am I'm in this things are moving I'm a Nike trainer now I uh it was actually interesting too because the Nike trainer thing essentially at one point they were like you have to be a full-time trainer to be on this team so it was like all of these things happen so I pull it And I'll never forget it. When I went in and talked to my manager at the time, I said, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to put in my two weeks. I'm going to move on. He's like, Oh, where are you going? And I said, well, I've started a business and I'm going to pursue that full time. And I started explaining to him and he literally said, I'm jealous. (laughs) And uh, I'll never forget that. And I was like, wow, like, that's cool that I'm going to start doing this. And this is like something that is cool and people think is cool, and I started to gain an Instagram following, I had a couple thousand followers, like, things were moving, so I pulled a shoot, and I go, and I quit my job, and the next day, I am on a flight to Detroit for a Nike event uh, with BK and Gunter, and, uh, we're, we're doing it and with Kenna. And so I'm like, oh, I'm a trainer now. This is a thing. Oh, that was so cool that that was like my first thing I went and did right after. And then I'll never forget that was over a weekend and I'll never forget that next Monday, waking up, training clients, and then like taking a shower, like I was going to go to work and then being like, wait, like I didn't actually need to take a shower right then. Like I could just go work out. I can go to Soho and it just started. So things from there have just exponentially gone. Um, So, you know, we're talking retreats, we're doing this stuff. Um, All these things start happening. Um, And so in the midst of that, I, you know, really realized that like when you're on this path and you start doing things, things start happening. And we'll get to that right here in a second. So one of my clients, client, good friend, awesome guy, Santiago, who actually ended up living in the same apartment that I moved to, training him. And he's like, we're talking about retreats. I'm like, Hey, this, we just like want to do this, all this stuff. He, uh, works for a company, um, that essentially helps tourism, um, social media activations, all sorts of cool stuff. So he has this project where they're trying to help El Salvador, um, increase their tourism. And he's like, dude, I actually have this trip that you can go on. Um, you are going to have to say you're a travel agent, but I can bring you Jason and then Ryland who is, uh, throughout this whole thing, Jason and Ryland had met because Ryland was working at float 60, which was a flotation uh, tank place. Jason had tried it out. They kicked it off. I remember Jason called me. He was like, Hey, I met with this Ryland guy. We uh, uh, It was supposed to be an hour meeting. We ended up talking for five. This dude's the man. Uh, we should bring him out on, on our team. So essentially he becomes like our photographer. Ryland and I are running around the city. We do like sunrise challenges, like a most of my most epic photos and moments Ryland has captured, whether we're hanging from bridges, jumping off things into the water, paddle boarding in the middle of winter. Like we just started doing crazy shit, uh, which was super cool. And so with all of that, um, we are thinking about retreats. So we get, we go down to El Salvador. Like, I mean, things are just happening. I'm like, I don't even know where El Salvador was. So we, we take a trip down there. Jason Ryland and myself. First day is just kind of exploring. They, they take us out. I'm like, this place is beautiful. Uh, it's right in central, uh, America. There's, it's incredible. There's water, there's land, there's jungle. I mean, it's insane. So that's day one. Day two is a little bit more like that. Day three, we go into this, uh, kind of like a convention center and, Santiago's like, there's one guy you gotta talk to, this Rodrigo guy that runs this Las Flores resort. He's like, that's your retreat spot. Don't worry about talking to the the jet ski company or the, the big hotel chains. So before the, the summit even begins, we had this time card where you'd be at a booth for 15 minutes and talk. I was like, This is this is not a, we don't need to be here. We're not travel agents, we're not trying to learn about let's book a boating trip. Like, no, we want to run this retreat. So we go up to this booth, this is early in the morning, and hey man, like let's take a look at your spot. He shows us a video. We're like, that is perfect. That's where we need to go. So I'm like, Santiago, how do we get there? He's like, I think we can get you a car. So remind you, we're in the middle of El Salvador, which is a little bit underdeveloped, and this guy calls us this car. And The driver doesn't speak English. The guy that calls us the car doesn't speak English. Like, this is one of those moments where you're like, this could either be the sketchiest experience ever or lead us to the promised land. The resort is four hours away from where we are. Fuck it. Let's get in this car and let's rip. We get in the car and we're driving and Jason at the moment is reading The Alchemist for the first time. If you've ever read it, you know this is The Alchemist. The Alchemist is a story about a boy that essentially goes on his life's mission and has all these ups and downs and realizes his purpose. And if you haven't read that book, I'll tell you, I say this all the time, shoot me a DM on Instagram and I will buy you the book. Like just straight up, give me your address and I'll send you the book. And I mean that. Even if a thousand people from this episode ask me to do that, I will do that. So he's reading this book and every, he's like, dude, I got to start reading this thing out loud. He's just reading these passages. And I'm like, dude, this, we are doing this. We're following our personal legend. We're going hard. Um, we get to the resort. And by the time we get to the resort, it's, it's getting, it's a little later. We're talking like four, three, 4 PM. We get to the resort. We take a quick tour. There's waves out in the water. The water's 80 degrees. We're like, let's go surfing. So we take surfboards. We go out, we surf for like Two hours like this is sick by the time we get back we haven't eaten like we didn't have any food we had like maybe some protein bars and some nuts and seeds in the car and uh we we get to the back end and the kitchen like had already closed at this point and he was like hey i can give you guys french fries and grilled cheese for the road the Ziploc bag grilled cheese, a Ziploc bag French fries. We are hype. We eat it. Uh, and mind you, obviously I'm not eating that food, but at, at, you know, at that time with like dairy and gluten, but it was like one of those things you just, you got to do it. Best grilled cheese in my life, best French fries in my life. Um, and we get in the car and we head back. <laughs> and when we get on our way back, we get lost. We're supposed to be going to this glamorous dinner where you're supposed to dress in all white um, it was like this whiteout party. There was an 18-piece band, all this food. We get to this dinner at like 10 p.m. And <laughs> It's like we didn't know where it was. We had no idea how to get to anyone. And we couldn't communicate with the driver. And I don't even remember how we ended up finding it. We find the spot. We get out. We go in and we just go ham. We just eat all the food, had so much fun, dancing. We're like, no idea we were going to get to. Like, Rylan, Jason and I are just just going nuts. Uh, And so that ended up leading to our retreats. So what happened from there was we had really good uh, contacts with El Salvador's Tourism. We run our first retreat, which is an influencer retreat. So we we invite a bunch of really cool travel photographers. Um, We invite Chelsea, Sam Colder, we invite uh, Jess, uh, Noel, like all these people that uh, Quinn, all these people that we have become such good friends with um, over time. And uh, we go down there. Andy was there from, from Bucket Listers. I mean, it was a squad. Craig came in, Time Lapse Chicago. Sam Graves was there. I mean, it was just a vibe. So we run the retreat. We run it like it's our retreat. And the reason we were able to do that was we were able to do it for free. It was comped because these guys were going to take photos and videos. And then we had a little bit of a deliverable to do at the end. So we run that for free. That kind of legitimizes us. That's like a thing. We open up our first retreat. I think we had 15 people come on that experience. And um, we run this retreat and it was awesome. And so like it just happened. Like the logistics of it were on us. We ran the logistics, the booking, the uh, helping people with their airline flights, the the hotel payment, the bringing of product, the bounding of, of uh, journals, like every little detail we did to make that retreat a thing. Um, You know, you fast forward now that we've run eight of those experiences, we would have run more if if COVID wasn't a thing. But we've done virtual retreats, we've been to El Salvador, and we've went to Nicaragua to Madeira's Village for one. Uh, We went to Tulum for one. And I mean, every one of those things was insane. After we did the first one, we took a, a trip down to Nicaragua with just Jason Ryland and myself and and Village uh, is no longer there because they had some turmoil in, in the country. But we ran a retreat or we ran, we went down there for the experience and it was insane. Uh, and then we ended up running a retreat down there, which was just such a vibe. I think we had like 40 people come on that trip, which was just nuts. Uh, that retreat was awesome. It was incredible. Uh, and then we've gone back to El Salvador. We went to Tulum. El Salvador is our homeland. That's where we will run our next one once, once COVID lifts. Um, and we'll be down there at least twice a year for, for experiences because it's just, it's just truly incredible. Um, and so, you know, all those things started to happen and, you know, I fast forwarded through all of those different retreats through um, within, within that time, um, a lot of other things happened. So in the midst of all of that, um, I quit my job, my wife and I got, we were engaged um, which was amazing. We got engaged in Paris. It was truly amazing. Um, we bought a condo and we got married all within uh, within like a year and a half timeline. Um, within all of that intermixed, we were running a corporate retreat in Canada and um, in Whistler. And on the last day of that retreat, um, we were mountain biking and I flew off the edge of the mountain and shattered my collarbone. My collarbone broke into three pieces. Um, And this is, yeah, I'd already quit my job at this point. We were running things full time. I was on my own insurance, which was tough to deal with that. And I break my collarbone. Luckily, I don't sustain any other serious injury than that. My broken collarbone was in three pieces. I had to get surgery on that a week later. um, They essentially brought the piece up in the middle, put a plate and six screws into my shoulder, um and I had to figure things out. Uh, amongst all of that as well. Um I had been teaching, Jason and I both started teaching at Barry's Boot Camp, which was a huge part of our journey, teaching on a microphone, teaching in front of 60 people 15, 20 times a week, um, developing relationships with some of the trainers there, with the CEO. Um, that was so fun. We we took a, a journey to New York and LA and um trained and, and became instructors. they founding instructors in Chicago. So I had done that prior and then broke my arm. So like all of these things are happening. Like it's, it's just insane to like think about the crunt the chronology of all of that. Uh, but you know, I was a trainer. I was doing things full time. We were running live better. We were teaching boot camp classes. We were running Nike workouts, like things were moving. Um, and it was really cool. And then, so, uh, Now my wife and I are married, and uh, we have our condo, and things are moving. I broke my collarbone right before our wedding, uh, which was a few months before our wedding. Uh, We we got married. Our wedding was amazing, thankfully, by that point, because I was working with an unbelievable spot, Performance in Motion. If you are in Chicago or Chicagoland area and have an injury, go see Performance in Motion. They're awesome. Um, They helped me with that. Then after that happens, Jason tears his hamstring. So he's surfing in Mexico. He ruptures his hamstring off the bone, um, and he goes to Performance in Motion too, and they they help him get back. After both of those injuries, um, Jason and I are thinking a little bit more about you know what we want to do with things, and uh, running came up as as something we wanted to do. So, throughout building our business, throughout retreats, throughout broken collarbones, torn hamstrings. Um, Jason also got uh, engaged and married in all this in this time as well. Uh, I got Theo. We got a dog. uh, You know, we bought a condo. Like things are moving. Like life also happens, right? And some people let their entrepreneurship consume everything, their entire life, their entire ethos, everything that they are. Um, and Jason and I made a commitment that we were not going to let that happen. Yes, we're going to work late and wake up early, but we're also going to live lives. We're going to travel. We're going to maintain family. We're going to have relationships. Um, and that's really important. Um, because it's our entire business is about this balance of life and understanding the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows. And so, you know, it's really important that we maintain those other things. And one of the things that Jason and I do as business partners, which I think is extremely important is we always understand that the other person is doing their stuff. And if they need to go do something like uh, they're going on a trip to Africa, (laughs) uh, we're not going to be bugging them about getting a deliverable done. Um, It's and that's been so huge. I think, you know, you look at it and there's, there's, You know, there's just so many positives to that. Does it slow down the growth of your business? Yeah, maybe, but that's not what business is about in my mind. It's about, you know, having purpose and value. And so that is super important. And so all this stuff is happening. And so Jason and I, you know, he's coming off a hamstring injury and I'm I'm a year ahead on my shoulder and we were like running was something that we wanted to do. So when I broke my collarbone, like, three days later after surgery, I was teaching a Barry's class and I was training my clients. It's like, you just didn't stop. Like, you just can't let it stop. I couldn't lift my arm for eight weeks. So I sat on a recumbent bike and laid back and pedaled that thing for an hour a day just to move my body. Ended up losing like 15 pounds of, of muscle. Um, I looked like a twig on my wedding. I was, I was like 150 pounds on my wedding day. It was crazy. Um, and so... But you just do it. You just continue to work. You realize that there's things that fuel you. All of the nutrition, all of the excitement about business and life, you have to use that. And so with that, um, we start thinking about running. And so in 2019, we, we, at the end of 2018, we were like, okay, we're going to run the marathon next year. And in the midst of that, Jason and I became Nike run coaches. We'd been training a lot of people running. And so we were like, I we have to legitimize ourselves and run this marathon. So set the goal of sub sub three for that. Um, And that was big. So that's like a 652 mile. And so it's fast and it's hard. And for a first marathon runner, the goal is to finish. Our goal was to run fast. So we started to work with all sorts of different people, with Mike Thompson, all the Nike uh, affiliates as well, and put the plan into action and just started going. That was the first event I ever really trained for uh, like hardcore trained. I had been working out and been rock climbing and doing yoga and doing all these other really cool things. But like, that was, that was a big thing. So trained for that for the whole year. Um, put in a lot of miles, put in a lot of work, uh, put in a lot of physical therapy on my body to make sure that I was maintaining a lot of mobility. Um, kind of tweaked my hamstring during that. And I was looking back at that journal I've mentioned before. And like the beginning of 2019, I was running like two miles a mile three miles like just nursing that hamstring back to health which was important seeing physical therapists going to performance going to a couple other spots as well and is getting work done in the middle in the midst of all that um you know we ran a retreat um which was awesome and uh so the training for that took a full year Uh, get to race day, and I did it. I ran a sub three-hour marathon by like 32 seconds. (laughs) So I was grinding to the finish. I'll never forget. My wife and her entire family snuck towards the finish line somehow as we were turning down the street to go up the hill and come back down. If you've ever run the Chicago Marathon, you know there's a mini hill at the end, and I just heard them go fucking berserk in the last minute of the marathon. And that's what drew me across that line. That entire marathon was a true journey. Um, The training was incredible. The race, we had a perfect day. All the things collided. Jason ended up, his hamstring kind of cramped up on him, so he didn't finish under that time, but he still did a great time. Uh, That was the first real big training. That spurred me to think more about training in general. And what I wanted to work on. And and now, you know, we're starting to creep up towards current day. And so my current goal for the last year in 2020 amidst the pandemic amidst everything is to dunk a basketball. If you have followed me, I went from barely touching the backboard to getting the rim to putting a tennis ball in there to putting a lacrosse ball in there to putting a small basketball in there to kind of putting a smaller basketball in there. And that's where I'm at right now. So I'm still working on that journey um, throughout the pandemic um, things that we've done to, to grow our business. And and I'm going to talk about this in the next episode too. And to continue to provide was be able to switch all of our clients to training online. Once in gym stuff came back, we started to do that. We started to run our own small group classes. We got furloughed from Barry's. So we lost a substantial amount of income, but we also gained a little bit of time. Um, we ran two virtual retreats, uh, one of which had over 300 guests during the pandemic as well. Um, In the midst of all of that, Jason and I have started a give back mission. Um, So maybe four years ago, I went and volunteered with a company called Wellness for Everyone and realized the importance of what wellness is for the youth. And that kind of stems back to in one of the earlier episodes, how I've talked about my focus on youth development and how I had that premonition in my driveway. So Jason and I were like, what can we do for this? So we started a a mission where we donate yoga mats to Chicago public school. And on top of that, we also provide programming. So we, before COVID would do in-person events, we do these huge workshops where we'd have all the kids from the whole school come in, we teach them yoga. Uh, now we're going to be able to give them a yoga mat on top of doing that. We also have a digital component that we built during COVID. Um, and so this, these, this last year has been crazy. Um, Um, throughout all of these years, too. We've also done a lot of corporate work. We've done talks at Google. We've done keynote speeches um, at at events. We've done corporate retreats. Like All of these different things have built us to where we're at now. And I think if I was to look back at kind of going over everything, and again, I'm I'm just talking highlights in these episodes. I'm talking every day. It's up at 4.30 a.m. It's now now more so than ever, focusing even more so on the sleep. So pushing clients back, going to bed earlier, making sure sleep is a focus, nutrition is a focus, strength training is a focus. Like All of that in the midst of all of the work and all of the effort, taking care of our bodies and our minds has been the most important thing. Taking care of our relationships, making sure that our significant others are, are in it with us, that they understand that Um, we're in it for them as well. And, you know, ups and downs happen in those relationships across this. There's the conversation that we're not giving enough to, to our significant others. And that happens like that's going to be a thing. And you have to be able to live and work and and create that holistic approach. It's not just about the work. It's about every little detail along the way. Um, And I would, I talk about this all the time, but if I was to use one thing to sum all of this up, it's consistency over intensity. And I've talked a couple of times about different projects that we work on that have failed. One other one we did is we built a mobility workshop or mobility program for United Airlines baggage workers. Um, and it's interesting because we did that. It was incredible. And then kind of like COVID hit, they had a bunch of management shifts. So that fizzled away. But if I look back on it, it's like you have to have things built out. You have to have processes in place. Um, And consistency over intensity. When things happen, when the three clients move to New York, when um, you have a wedding coming up and you have a dog and you break your collarbone and all of these things, you have to realize it's about consistency. When you have ebbs and flows in income, ebbs and flows in interests, ebbs and flows in energy, you just have to continue to show up. And so this... This episode is more so about the ins and outs of what it took and what it takes and where we're at and where we're going. Um, And so, you know, up until this point, we've had a lot of amazing things happen uh, throughout this entire process. We've written Wake Up Wednesday. Jason writes that all now every single Wednesday for five years. Never missed a Wednesday. Even when there'd be times where we'd be like, man, forgot to do it. Let's crank one out. Let's get this out into the world. Now we have 30,000 people that are on our email list that, that are consuming that every single week. Um, you know, all of this stuff happens. Podcasting, we've been podcasting since 2014, 2015, something like that. And it's just crazy that you have to be so consistent for so long. We are not even at the tip of the iceberg for where we can go, which is what I'm going to talk about in the next episode. And we've done a lot of cool stuff and it's important to reflect on it. It's important to reflect on things that have gone well, things that have been hard, things that have worked, things that haven't worked. And at the end of the day, you know, you look back on it and you live, right? Like I'm, I'm alive. I'm a, I'm a human being. I have emotions. I have ebbs and flows and energy. I have excitement. I have times where I get down on myself. And the best day ever mindset has been the one thing that has been the truest. In my one line a day journal, I started one day where I said I finished it every single day with the best day ever and now that I've written that every single day for five, six years there's just no chance that anything's going to bring me down a broken collarbone a loss of a loved one Um, I, I grieve and I realize the reality and I also in that realize the opportunity to grow and I realize that there's so much value in life and that every day is an opportunity every day is a is a is a way in which we can impact ourselves and others. No days are lost. Hard days make you stronger. Good days can make you better. Easy days are good for you. Hard days or tough days make you realize that you need to hustle. And a hustle is everything. It's about understanding that nothing is given to you. It's about what you do with the situation presented. Um, We've never done Anything to raise money. We've never done anything to do anything like that. This has just been bootstrapped from the start. Um, could we raise funds? Yes. That's something we'll talk about in the next episode. Um, does having money make things somewhat easier sometimes? Maybe, I don't know. We've never had that. Um, but in the end of at the end of all of this to where we're at now, living a life of fulfillment, of hardcore work, of dedication of working long hours and doing things that sometimes aren't paid. Um, We get paid for training, we get paid for events and all of that, but the ins and outs for doing things like this, um, you do them because you realize that there's a value. You realize that there's an importance to doing the work, um, staying consistent, and just fighting for what you want. And so to wrap things up here on this third episode, just kind of about the starting, the ethos of Live Better and every life event that I can remember that happened within the midst of that. There were definitely other things that I I had forgotten. There were other ups and other downs. Um, What I want to leave you with is just be consistent. Uh, Focus on consistency over intensity. You still need the intensity. You still need to fucking work your ass off to run a sub three-hour marathon or be a mom or um, get up in the morning. It's just about being consistent and focusing on the day-to-day and just get what you can get done today. Build for what you want to happen tomorrow and have the best day ever.